She looked at me and she said, rednecks. She said it in a way that she meant it to be an insult. I wanted to correct her and say, what I think you were trying to imply was white trash. And what you said was redneck. You got this completely wrong because you kind of almost gave me a little bit of a uh, compliment. Welcome to Flyover Conservative Podcast. I do not know where this conversation is going to go. And I enjoy that. All right. New introduction, new title, something called David Unsupervised. And as you can see, if you typically tune into our show, I do not have my supervision right here. I'm operating unsupervised. I'm over the age of 18. I'm well over the age of 21 and uh, pretty much had the freedom to do whatever I want. And uh, I'm going to have a great conversation with you guys today. We're going to start doing this episode once a week. Stacey's going to do one on her own of a more spiritual and enlightened nature. Um, I'm going to talk about some things in the news that are just jumping out at us. And uh, we've talked about this a little bit. There's some things and conversations that I would like to have or say that I'll be doing over future weeks that, you know, are different (laughs) than they'd have, you know, with your wife. There are different topics. I want to get into some sports stuff and just things that I notice in this world where, you know, flyover conservatives really try to focus on this place where we examine current events and culture through the lens of conservative Christian values. And I want to break down a couple of those terms because we get your guys' comments uh, on the podcast. We get your guys' comments in the YouTube. And I want to hit a few of those things as we get started. Just to give you a a heads up of where we're going today, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, NFL. We're going to be talking a little bit about salaries. We're going to talk about progress. We're going to talk a little about about race. We're going to talk about meritocracy. And then uh, we're going to end with a topic I like to call rednecks versus white trash. And so you might want to stick around till the end. That's the big payoff because a lot of people are confused on the difference between what is a redneck and what is white trash. And I'm going to break that down for you today and clear up all of that confusion. So, um, you know, we hit a lot of different kind of topics here with flyover conservatives. I was just thinking as we were getting started here, um, you know, wrote down some notes. We've yesterday, we covered a topic called flat earth and uh, brought in a guy named David Weiss. And, and, and he had ideas that I've, I've been getting comments, hundreds and hundreds of comments from you guys that are saying, you know, I, would have never uh, entertained that conversation, but it was fascinating. And that's kind of our goal and try to have the ability to be able to sometimes just, just set something out there and you don't have to answer it. We don't all have to agree. And even when you're done, you don't have to walk away even on one side of the fence or another on things, but try to talk about things that are going to make you think and maybe see things a little bit differently. Um, Got one thing I wanted to show you, we talked about yesterday with with uh, that particular topic. We try to do this on every single thing that, you know, you guys might walk into this show thinking that Rubik's Cubes are blue. And I'm sitting here looking at the other side of it. And on my side, you know, it's green. And it's like, we could argue all day long about, is this blue or is it green? And here's the deal. Even if, even if uh, we kind of agreed to disagree, we're still missing out on on, on four other sides that, that we don't know. And every once in a while, somebody can come along with you and be like, you're like, Rubik's cubes are yellow. And they just take it and they just rotate it one little bit. And they're like, Ugh, but they're also orange. And so we're trying to do that. I'm trying to do that on myself. You know, I do not want to go to my grave uh, with the same idea, same belief, same same perspectives that, you know, you had at 20 years old. So we talked also this week about the grid and their dependency upon electricity. And we kind of think of it like we do the the cloud and where's the cloud. I don't know. I can't touch it or see it, Uh, but it's out there somewhere. And it's like the grid people in Texas, people in Portland, Oregon, people all over have, have realized over the last few weeks here in 2021, how dependent they are on the grid. 
So that was out there. So we brought on a world-renowned expert on that. We've done reaction videos, rapper Tom McDonald, you know, a guy with, you know, braids and tattoos on his face and hitting social issues that are, that are, you know, wow, that'll make you think. And so we're trying to just have great conversations. We've had a few with a guy named Juan O. Savin, kind of a secret ops intel kind of a guy that's on the inside track on a lot of things. We're going to be talking to him again tomorrow and, um, and that'll be up pretty quickly. We're going to be talking about some of these ideas, ideas that are affecting our country when it comes to prosperity mindsets and, and, and creating abundance and moving forward as a country, um, on some stuff I've never heard him talk about before so i'm excited about that we got a two-star general coming up we got an ice agent next week over 102,000 uh people have have crossed the border illegally in the month of february and that's been made possible with the stroke of a pen so a lot of things changing and happening there so we're gonna be having some great conversations about all of these topics all of these things and so i want to get right to the first one i wanted to talk about today and that is a, a hopeful thing um you know and maybe maybe treacherous territory. I'm a big sports fan. I always have been my whole life. Kansas City Chiefs fan. It's a good time to be a Chiefs fan. They lost the last Super Bowl, but we were in the last Super Bowl, which is kind of exciting. I spent most of my life thinking that might not ever happen. Now we've been in the last two. And the reason why is because we had a quarterback that's a game changer in a, in a, in a game that's geared towards the quarterback having more control than ever before. Uh, the quarterback position is the highest paid position. Um, the rules are all geared towards the quarterback having an advantage. The defenders can't really touch the receivers and you can't really, you know, sack a quarterback like you would have historically in the, you know, nineties and eighties and seventies. And these guys all look at it today and they think we're playing flag football, you know, in, in the modern era, but the game has, has, has shifted so much. And I think there's some things happening that if you, if you're not paying attention to the right stuff, they might just might be like a, 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 a train going by with all the boxcars that they go by so fast, sometimes you might miss a specific one. And what I want to talk about is, is something kind of unprecedented um, that's taken place. And I want to bring your attention to it because uh, it's a good sign. It's a good gauge on the dashboard that our country's in a good place. We've got good things going on. There's exciting things happening. And maybe this may be controversial, but maybe America's not as bad as everybody says. Maybe maybe it's a halfway decent country. Maybe there's a reason why we have a hundred and some thousand people risking their lives to cross the southern border to get into our country illegally. It's because there's, a, there's an opportunity for great things to happen. And we like to examine, like I said, culture and current events because culture is what you always find upstream from policy, from things that are, you know, that are affecting you day in, day out. Usually the precursor of that happens in culture. It happens in the music. You'll see it in sports. And then it kind of ripples down through the rest of our society. Somehow or another, I'm the youngest of six kids, but somehow or another, I ended up with an older brother that's a Cowboys fan. I don't know that how that happened. If he uh, uh, was dropped on his head or what happened in this process. I think when we grew up, there was only a couple of channels and, you know, maybe the Cowboys were just on a lot and, and it was kind of his way of finding his own individuality. I don't know, but he, but he stuck with it. And uh, so I kind of keep an eye on the Cowboys a little more than I would have normally. Uh, they are the self-proclaimed America's team. Um, I guess if you can self-proclaim and identify as anything you want in 2021, the Cowboys have been doing that for a long time and they've been self-proclaimed and identified as America's team. Uh, they just signed their quarterback who, not to insult uh, Dak Prescott, but he's kind of um, not not mediocre among quarterbacks because every professional athlete that gets there is just phenomenal and is unbelievable. 
And I wouldn't call him a mediocre quarterback in light of even all the quarterbacks. But of the upper echelon, if you're going to compare him to the game changers, the quarterbacks that defenses have to like spend all week thinking, how are we going to stop that guy? Like a you know Patrick Mahomes or a Lamar Jackson or a Russell Wilson or some of these kind of of, of characters or uh, an Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, the uh, guy that keeps defensive coordinators up at night. I don't know that I would classify Dak Prescott as that. He's kind of like what we had in Kansas City for a number of years with Alex Smith, who's an unbelievable guy. Uh, on and off the field, always says the right kind of thing. I think Dak Prescott's a lot like that. He handled um, controversy in the media and stuff better than about anybody. But he got a new contract this last week, and he's kind of been betting on himself and and uh, uh, not signing a, a lower level contract. And 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 he kind of kind of held out till his his expired and kind of forced the Cowboys to play play their hand. And he it worked out really well for him because. Uh, he just he just cashed in big time, and I want to talk about something interesting. We talk about salaries in the NFL. You know, when I was, I don't know, I don't want to say what year. I was a young man. I think I was a freshman in high school. It might have been eighth grade. And the Washington Redskins played the Denver Broncos in the Super Bowl. And what was significant about that one, I remember, is there was a quarterback named Doug Williams who was the first African American man to ever start in a Super Bowl at the quarterback position. And I don't know why, you know, I didn't even understand it then, but there was controversy over 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 African-American men having that position on the NFL team. And um, I guess it was just unprecedented as far as opportunities or I think a lot of those things start early. You know, America, our, our women are great at soccer where they compete on the national stage, our men, not so much. But a lot of us, when you're growing up, soccer wasn't an option, you know, when you were a kid and it was for the girls, it wasn't for the guys in some schools. So I think sometimes it's, it's the youth programs and where they're starting. I don't know. I don't have the answers to that. It's not really the point, but I remember that jumping out is like, wow, you know, that, that was breaking new ground, starting a super bowl. And he did a great job, throttled the Broncos. I was happy with that. It was a good day. Um, but there's some big changes happening right now, and one of them is, is it affects NFL salary. So I printed this off because there's a lot of ways to break this down. They're signing bonuses and average salary, and when they break these salaries down, they use something called the average annual value. They break down your bonus and how much you're earning per year, you know, and so forth. I want to give you the top the top four NFL highest paid, not just quarterbacks right now, but in the history of the NFL. Number four, Russell Wilson. He's won a Super Bowl annually in the playoffs. Deshaun Watson, his, his AAV is $39 million. Quarterback of the Houston Texans for right now. I don't know how that'll end up. I don't think he's happy there, but nobody is. But he's number three highest paid football player in football right now. Number two, Dak Prescott of the Dallas Cowboys just jumped up from Mississippi State. Now he is $42 million AAV, number, number two Highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Number one is is Patrick Mahomes. He's got a half a million dollar, half a billion dollar contract. He actually bought part of our baseball team here in Kansas City. Uh, the Royals, his contract was so big. He's like, what do I do with all this? I'll buy a baseball team. He played baseball growing up. His dad was a pro baseball player. He thought, well, I'm, I don't get to be a pro baseball player, so I'll just buy one. I mean, that's, that's some good money when you get where you're just like, all right, I'll fulfill one of my childhood fantasies. I'll just buy part of a baseball team. Who knows? Maybe he'll be playing in the offseason. But when you look at that number, that's pretty incredible because at a time where 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 race and 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 the tension on that is higher than ever, it, where the where the mainstream media has tried to draw all your attention to Colin Kaepernick and he's not getting his opportunities because of race and and that NFL teams are holding him down. In the same moment, the four highest paid players that have ever played professional football 
are black quarterbacks. That's an interesting thing. To me, that is a really good gauge that that there's good stuff going on in our country, that that, that bar is moving in the right direction. Um, and I think one thing that makes that really good is, is sports brings us together. We can sit around and we can watch sports because of the meritocracy involved. It's not, uh, you know, it, you earn your way through. Now, there might be a, a Pop Warner team or a little youth baseball team or something where the dad's coaching and his son's the starter and, you know, there's nepotism and and all that involved, but not at the NFL. You know, you could even be a Dan Snyder or somebody and be so rich that just you don't know much about football, but you got so much money and you just you buy an NFL team. And I guess you'd have the right, I don't know, uh, you'd have the right to just, you know, let your family play. You know, you're like, hey, I got a cousin named Carl. He always wanted to play running back, so I'm going to have him be the the new running back of my professional football team. I guess you'd have the right to do that if you bought one, but those guys are competitive. Billionaires that earn the right to buy an NFL franchise are highly competitive. That's how they became a billionaire. This isn't England where you, you know, are born into to royalty. That's the beauty of our country, and uh, the reason I think the world wants to come here is you've got this opportunity of like, you know, no matter who you are and where you were born and what your deal is, you have the opportunity that that you could rise up and you could be the president of our country. You can't, you can't rise up and become the King of England, you know, I guess, unless you just, you know, took over and, and with a sword or something, you know, pulled it out of a stone and kicked everybody's butt and you became the new King of England. But that's probably how the you know original one got there, but you have to earn it, but you have the opportunity to earn it, but you got to earn it, but you have the opportunity to earn it which is a great thing. And I think people want that. They come here for that idea of, of I'm not guaranteed this, but I got an, I got a shot. I've got an opportunity. Um, and the NFL sort of, you know, guys can sit around a couch and women and everybody that's kind of a fan of it. And you can sit around and it's just kind of a bonding thing. Cause you watch, you watch the activity on the screen and you're like, ah, oh, there's no favoritism. This guy's not starting because of who he knew. It's not like where you work and the manager of your car lot, his dad owns it, or there's no, there's no kind of, kind of shenanigans involved. Everybody earned their spot. They paid a very high price. They dedicated their life. And the the margins of victory are so thin in the NFL that they have committees involved in the off season to adjusting every little thing. How long can the kicker have the footballs before a football game to, to kind of rough them up and practice with them and do a little bit? Say, I'll start without brand new football. So you got the kicking balls and you got the, the quarterback balls. And they start brand new every single week. Every football you see in the NFL is a brand new ball every single week. They're nicknamed the Duke, and they're made from made from scratch, and they're they're sent to the team. And the, the time they arrive at the stadium is the same for every single team. You know, football's a fair thing. You know, Kansas City Royals, there's years that the Yankees had 11 players that made more than the whole Royals team. NFL, every team shares the revenue. If you're a little team like Green Bay, Wisconsin, or a small market team like Kansas City, you share the revenue of a Dallas Cowboys or a New York Giants or a, or, or a large market team. So these guys go to great lengths to eliminate anything that would be an unfair advantage because they're all so hyper competitive. You don't watch football and think, well, this team doesn't have a shot. They all have the exact same payroll. They all have the exact same number of players on their practice squad. And the exact it's, it's, it's so even and the margins are razor, razor thin owned by billionaires that are competitive and they want to win no matter what. So when you look at that and you say, huh, these last few years, they've been saying that Colin Kaepernick did not get a shot because of his race. 
And it's pretty interesting. He's a highly athletic quarterback, very fast. He got, he got a shot when Alex Smith got hurt in, in San Francisco, and defenses had no film on him. They didn't know what to do in his first, first year right out of the gate. Did a great job because because they didn't know how to stop him. He was fast. He would run this 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 spread option college kind of play, and they just kind of ran with it. And they had an amazing defense, and the team kind of built around him. And and but you know what happened the next year? Teams adjusted. <laughs> Those defensive coordinators, I say, to stay up all night, they stayed up all night, saying, "How are we going to stop Colin Kaepernick?" And you know what? They did. And he ended up backing up a guy that I doubt anyone watching this even knows of. I know of him because I live in Missouri. Got named Blaine Gabbert. Blaine Gabbert used to be quarterback at the University of Missouri, and he was fine. He was above average player, above average college player, below average NFL quarterback. But the 49ers felt they were better off with Blaine Gabbert than Colin Kaepernick. I don't think it was because they didn't like his hair. They didn't like his anti-police socks. It's not because of any of these things. They want to win. We're talking about a league that had a guy named Michael Vick who ended up going to prison for a few years because he was involved in dogfighting. Also, African-American quarterback, he gets out of jail, rehabilitates his, his reputation a little bit, but he got back on the field and became a starter for one reason. He's good. He was really good. Even though he was older and wasn't as dynamic as he had been, he was good enough to be a starter. And in a sport where we watch it because it's fair, Nobody is held down because they just don't like the guy. I guarantee my wife, who's typically here with me, if she could run a four flat 40, you know, world record speed, if she could throw the ball 100 yards, they would put her in a Kansas City Chiefs uniform and they would probably find something to do with her. They wouldn't care. And it wouldn't be, hey, we're breaking new ground, putting a woman in here. They would say, hey, we're breaking new ground because she's amazing and we're going to give her a shot. Now, there might have been times in history where this wasn't the case. You know, and as a matter of fact, I'll guarantee you there, there was times in sports, in baseball, in basketball, in football. Those times aren't now. We need to judge our country based on, on a little bit where we came from, but where have we come? And we've come to a place where the top four highest paid players that have ever played in the NFL are black quarterbacks. That's an interesting thing. If you were going to record this and send this back in time, I think that'd be a very encouraging note for people to take from the past. Dak Prescott is now the number two highest paid NFL player of all time. I think that's pretty incredible. I think it's pretty incredible. I think we have a pretty good country that we allow ourselves the ability to have these conversations and evolve, evolve the way we think, evolve the way that we judge. I think it's time to start judging Colin Kaepernick, who became a even more, uh, wealthy individual based on saying how bad our country is. I think it's time that we start judging him based on his ability to play football and why he was or why he was not picked up by a team after sitting out, after uh, missing uh, uh, practices and some auditions he had that were set up for him and kind of being a little bit of a drama queen in a, in a league where they really like the locker room to be, you know, calm and strong leaders, especially at the highest paid position. I think it's time we judge our country a little bit more on, on where have we come and the fruit on the tree is it's pretty darn good. I'm going to wrap up one last thing. I, I told you earlier, I was going to talk about definition of rednecks versus white trash. And let me hit that real quick. You know, we were in Washington DC recently and it, it was at a Donald Trump event. So uh, there you go. 
And, and uh, we, were, we were walking down the sidewalks. My wife, my son was with me and we're walking along. And this lady looks at me and, and I don't, I think I just had on like a, a, like a blue sweater. It was, I looked more like a yuppie uh, than anything else. Um, and she looked at me and she said, and she it walked past and she goes, rednecks. And I'm like, I wanted to go back and talk to her because she said it in a way that she meant it to be an insult. And I thought, you know, I think I wanted to correct her and say, what I think you were trying to imply was white trash. And what you said was redneck. You got this completely wrong because you kind of almost gave me a little bit of, of a uh, compliment. Because here's the deal about rednecks. I'm going to give you a couple little things because I live in Missouri and uh, I've grown up with them. I'm surrounded by them. Related to them. Am one. Everybody has a little bit of redneck in them and the ability to let that shine. And a redneck just simply means your ability to maybe take something that was not intended for this purpose, repurpose it in a way that God never intended, and apply it to another activity. But it takes ambition to be a redneck. Um, some people think of a redneck, and we show my kind of first picture here, they'll kind of converse it with, with something that they think is a hillbilly. Now, um, I might just offend everybody in this first opening episode. It might be my last. It's a good thing I can't be canceled because... Uh, I bought the microphone by myself and uh, working with my family. So, you know, we're stuck with each other. But but uh, that is, all you see on the screen there, that is what you call a hillbilly. That's not a redneck. Um, now, a redneck might do a construction job like you see on the screen right there. Um, that's, that's poor redneck workmanship, but it got the job done. If he needed the door on the car to make it done, then that's fine. He got it done for the day. Excellent level redneck craftsmanship you'll see here is 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 taking something like a limousine and then you know having an appreciation for what if we got in the mud or stuck or there's a lot of snow um, and we need a you know I have, I have a high value for a, a monster truck what if we combined them and say man the best thing I could ever imagine would be a limousine monster truck so I guarantee the engineers that helped design that were rednecks you know that is a little bit shabbier craftsmanship for rednecks it's not quite as aesthetically pleasing and beautiful, but it is a monster truck limousine. When you see these kind of things, attribute them to a redneck and they would take us as a compliment. Now you can find a redneck in almost any country. You can go to Russia and find a redneck. We used to live in Mexico with our orphanage. There's rednecks in Mexico. There's rednecks in every state. There's black rednecks and white rednecks and every different kind of redneck you can imagine. It's more of a way of thinking and looking at a problem and solving it. You know, if you had some, some tears in the vinyl chair, what you have is not so much a broken chair, but you have a lack of duct tape. A redneck can fix most anything with duct tape, and they look at most problems as as uh, uh, an opportunity to show how smart they are in their engineering to uh, fix that with the duct tape. So, so that is what's going to help bring you that uh, is, is, is a redneck. Rednecks love watercrafts. Water sports is one of the most uh, favorite things. If you have a fishing pool and some water, that's one of the best way to attract, attract rednecks. You know, Missouri, our lakes are filled with kind of like this, and you'll see all kinds of odd things. And to take in something like a camper trailer and some floats, it actually takes some ingenuity, but it also takes ambition because you're not going to be a very good redneck if you're just on your couch and you're lazy and you're not engaged and you got your car on blocks in the yard. And those are the things that they would think. Now, this ultimate redneck here, I'm going to show you at the end. This guy here encompasses everything 
that that a redneck would value. One is obviously a patriotic young man. He's got his his flag blowing behind him. He has some sort of a motorcraft that I believe was probably a jet ski of some sort that he has modified. And he's like, if I'm going to spend all day on the lake, I want people to know that I love my country, and I want people to uh, you know respect what I'm doing. But you also get hungry on the lake all day. And, uh, you know, the sun's cooking on you and you get, you get hungry. You want to be able to, to, to grill some burgers and make some barbecue and have some barbecue going while you're on your jet ski. And so this guy obviously is a genius because you can't go to the store and buy whatever in the heck that is he's riding. There's no brand. There's no commercial. You'll never see it on TV. You'll never see it in a catalog. It probably breaks several different laws. There's no way to get a license for it. There's no way to put a license plate on it. There's no way to register it because it's at the cutting tip of the spear, cutting edge of redneck technology. And so I'm not even sure exactly what you call it, but that right there, if you ever wanted to know what is a redneck, it's that guy that you see on your screen right now. And if there's something in you that sees that and like, it kind of makes sense. Props to you, young man. You probably got a little redneck in you. And you know what? I say congratulations. And you don't have to be in flyover country to uh, be a redneck or to appreciate it. It's uh, it's it's more of a way of thinking and a way of life. So anyway, this first episode of, of David, uh, unsupervised without adult supervision. Hopefully you'll have more. If you see me again here next week, it's because I wasn't canceled and I was able to come back. You guys make it a great week. We'll see you again. Bye-bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Flyover Conservatives podcast with David and Stacey Whited. Please subscribe, hit the notification bell, and leave us a comment below. Lastly, if you enjoyed today's podcast, share with those who came to mind. Be blessed and make it a great day. Hey.